This is Paul Schneiderman today on the 101st edition of Sports Untold, also on Rainier Avenue Radio. My special guest today is Eldridge Rakasner. Mr. Rakasner is a UW basketball legend, former NBA player, played in the league for eight years. Eldridge is now a Pac-12 basketball commentator, also working as a realtor at John L. Scott. Um, Eldridge, I appreciate coming back on Sports Untold on Rainier Avenue Radio. My podcast is also now on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and YouTube, trying to enhance things a little bit. And it's fun to have you back on the third for the third time, Eldridge. Thanks for having me, Paul. I appreciate it, man. Always fun. Always fun. I want to say something about, about you, Eldridge. So nobody's going to need any coffee or no-dos trying to stay up listening to Eldridge Kasner. You, you definitely are lively and provocative and intelligent, and I don't think anyone's ever accused you of trying to put someone to sleep. Right, Eldridge? <laughs> At least I hope not. <laughs> no, no. That's definitely not my goal. I try to be entertaining, Paul. I try to know what I'm talking about and add a little bit of humor. So I hope everybody enjoyed the broadcast when I am on. Absolutely. I think there's a reason why you've had so much success as a Pac-12 broadcaster. I think people enjoy your uh, the combination of some of the traits that I that I shared. Well, Eldridge, I want to start with something. We're going to go into basketball, of course, today. But uh, you grew up in New Orleans, Louisiana. Not to be too presumptuous, I don't think Louisiana is the biggest hockey state in America. Uh, what do you think of this whole Seattle Kraken craze? Are you catching the Kraken bug at all, Eldridge? Oh, I, I definitely am, man. I actually had a chance to uh, to do a pre-tour. It was myself, Sean Kemp, uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot, and uh, wow, just what a beautiful arena, man. I, I was totally blown away. When I first walked up, I was kind of thrown off, Paul, because it looked like the old key arena from the outside. So I was like, well, hell, what have they been doing for the last three years? But when you go inside, you can just see the total change. There's no longer interest off of First Avenue. You got to go to the south side of the arena to get in now, and there's a complete glass atrium. Once you're inside, you can look through the glass atrium and see the Space Needle. Uh, I believe it's four floors. I had a chance to tour the locker rooms, and to my surprise, they already have a, a locker room dedicated for the next NBA team here, the Sonics, to come back. So that was exciting to see. But I saw the Kraken locker room. I saw the Storm locker room. And I got to be honest with you, Paul, I know nothing about hockey. Obviously, it never snows in New Orleans, so obviously there's no hockey team. It ain't too many brothers playing hockey, to my knowledge. And I know I've never done it. Well, you know what, Eldridge? It's interesting you mention that. There's actually a story, uh, a new documentary about the first African-American player playing the NHL back in 1958. So there's actually a movie that's out now about Get out that. of here. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe I'll send you a link to that. I, I'm sorry, I don't have the name of it at the moment, but maybe before the show's over, I'll remember it. But there's a cool documentary out about uh, the first African-American NHL player. So Cool. That so. must have been a Canadian brother. <laughs> I, I don't know. I have to look. Have to look into it. Have to look into it. But yeah, there there is actually kind of an interesting black history to hockey. And I'm no expert on hockey either. But uh, but I, I've been watching some of these cracking games, and I'm going to go to a few games this year. I just can't get over the how athletic these guys are. The way they hit the hit, slam against the walls and skate around. It, it's a fun sport to watch. I think it's one of the few sports where the rules haven't been changed to soften it up. From what all the hockey people tell me, you know, basketball has no hand checking anymore. Football, obviously, with all the CTE stuff going on, you can only tag people a certain way, a lot of penalties. But I hear hockey, they're still getting after it. They're still fighting. And from what I can see so far, I think the Kraken are going to hit the ground a lot like the Sounders did. They're going to have great fan, fan support. 
right from the get going. Uh, they're gonna. I think they're gonna be successful. I saw they won a game already, so that was a surprise. I think they're one and four, but I, I, I don't. I told a couple of friends, Eldridge, I need to learn the infield fly rules of hockey. I have a lot to learn <laughs> about it. So, but I'm enjoying it so far. Um, Eldridge, I, I want. I never asked this. You've been on my show now three times, and just it's always fun to chat with you and to see you sometimes off the air too. You played college basketball, of course. You played in the CBA. You played in the NBA. I'm going to put you on the spot. If you had to pick one coach, who was your favorite coach? Lenny Wilkins? I would say Lenny Wilkins, of course. Yeah, yeah. Because I had my most success in the NBA under Lenny. And I think the reason why was Lenny was a point guard, and I played point guard for him. So most of the plays he ran were designed for the guards because that's how he had his success as a player. So Lenny Wilkins, without a doubt, my favorite coach and I'm going to be at that that street naming, honoring him on the 28th. I'll be there. I just talked to Coach last night, so I'm excited about that. But definitely Lenny Wilk is my favorite coach all time. He's a real gentleman, isn't he? He's, You know what, man? You hit the nail on the head. I have more respect for Coach because of how humble he is as a person because the way he carries himself, you would never in a million years think he was a three-time Hall of Famer, you know? He's just like the nicest guy in the world, man, and I love him to death. Well, I had Lenny on a few weeks ago, so I'm doing something right. I'm getting ultra cast or Lenny Wilkins on, you know. So well, you're a nice guy too, Paul. Well, we'll sometimes, that, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, appreciate That's likewise. That's why I'm always willing to come on your show. Well, appreciate Eldridge. I have a few detractors, but I appreciate you saying that. Uh, <laughs> Paul Schneiderman, host of Sports Untold, the 101st edition with Eldridge Castor. We're live on Facebook today, so having a lot of fun. All right, Eldridge, I have not asked you these two questions before. I've been on a high horse asking a lot of my guests these questions since about late 2019. And I can give you a couple answers to these two questions first. The first question I'm going to ask you is, who's a deceased sports figure in history you would have loved to have interviewed or had a conversation with? And I can give you some names if you want me to give you a couple names. Get other guests no, because I got my own names. Okay. I don't need yours. <laughs> okay. No, they're names from others. You know, so other, some of these guests you know, too. So you know. Okay, well, give me your names. Go oh, ahead. here's a few names I got. I've gotten Ali, Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, Dean Smith, Walter Payton, Kobe, Mark Patterson had an interesting answer. Your UW uh, football colleague, he answered Sir Edmund Hillary, the first, one of the first guys to climb out Everest. Uh, Jackie Robinson, the famous attorney Alan Dershowitz, said he liked to interview some of the famous Negro players, such as Josh Gibson. I'm just throwing out some names. So, yep. Um, give me a, get, who, who would you pick? The first name that you mentioned would be my first choice. I think every African American kid has the ultimate amount of respect for Muhammad Ali, a man that sacrificed everything for what he believed in. So Ali would definitely be. We'd be one. And I'll tell you a story. Uh, back in 1992, I had a chance to meet Muhammad Ali. Wow. I was playing in the ABA in Louisville, Kentucky. The team was called the Louisville Shooters. A teammate of mine named Darrell Porter that played at Pitt. A teammate of mine named Darrell Porter that played at Pitt told me, hey, L, come on, man. I'm going over to meet Ali. And I'm like, fool, you're not meeting no Ali. If your listeners don't know, Muhammad Ali was born and raised in Louisville, Kentucky. Right. So I said, fool, you're not, you're not going to meet no Muhammad Ali. So I said, no, nah, man, I'm not going. I'm just going to hang out in the hotel. Later on that night, he comes back and he shows me this picture. And it's of him and Muhammad Ali. He told me he knocked on the door. Ali opened the door and swung at him. That was his introduction to Muhammad Ali. So I've regretted not going over there ever since, man. But Ali would be my first choice. And I think my second choice would be Gail Sayers. As a kid, my dad always talked about Gail Sayers and how great of a football player he was. Obviously, I was too young to watch him, but... If I had to pick two people in history from sports, that would be my two. No one had mentioned Gail Sayers yet, Eldridge. I appreciate your contribution to that famous yep. uh, football writing back. All right, Eldridge, here's my next question. 
Um, who's a living sports figure? It can be a manager, an owner, media person, player that you would love to have an interview or conversation with. Do you want me to give you a couple of names I've received? Go ahead. Okay. Uh, your friend Kenny Anderson answered Joe Montana. Dave Sims, the Mariners broadcaster, answered Sandy Koufax. I got Michael Jordan. Softy Mahler answered Tiger Woods. Bill Russell, Serena Williams, Simone Biles. Charles Barkley, uh, Willie Mays, Dave Grosby answered Floyd Merriweather. I've got a lot more. Those are just some of them. Yeah, well, none of those are mine. Okay. Uh, the guy I would love to interview, I, I've actually met Sandy Koufax. I got to tell this little quick story. Mm -hmm. I had no damn idea who he was. Right. Me and my wife were in Cannon Beach and staying at a bread and breakfast, and everybody kept talking about this Sandy Koufax guy. And I'm like, well, who in the hell is Sandy Koufax? And they're like, what? He's like one of the greatest pitchers of all time. So that's my Sandy Koufax story. But if I had a chance to interview anybody, I've met this gentleman before many a time, but it would be Julius Serve and Dr. J because that's who inspired me to want to play basketball. Doc would be the guy I would want to interview to talk about, you know, dunking on people and the transition from the ABA to the NBA. And uh, that's definitely my choice, without a doubt. Man, Dr. J would be so high on my list. You know, one thing with Sandy Koufax, he's like a Moses, the Jewish community. There's not, all, you know, not tons of great Jewish American athletes. So Sandy Koufax is just... He's just revered in the Jewish community, but uh, yeah, those are. I, I like the Dr. J, um, the Dr. J answer. That, that's a, that's a fun. I mean, he he would be. I remember the movie The Fish That Say Pittsburgh. You know. Of course I do. Come on, man. Set shot Buford. <laughs> Come on, man. What? I probably watched it a hundred times as a kid. Of course, Doc is my all-time favorite athlete. I'm a grown man, and I still collect stuff by it, man, like a little kid would. He'd be a great guy to talk to. I hadn't had his name come up yet. So you can see yep. why I like those two questions, Eldridge. I get always that's get my up. guy, Julia Serving, man. Dr. That's, J. That's my guy. Dr. Yep. Dr. Eldridge, okay. Uh, <laughs> Paul Schneiderman, host of Sports on, the Sports Untold podcast, 101st edition with uh, UW basketball legend Eldridge Kazer. All right, Eldridge, 2020. 2021-2022 UW Husky basketball team. All sorts of new players, like eight newcomers. The pundits pick Washington to finish of the 12 teams, about 10th or 11th or so. Can this UW team surprise anybody this year, Eldridge? Oh, for sure. I think so. You know, I look at the talent that they have, and, I, and I'll start with a kid that I've really been impressed with. Uh, he's the highest jumping basketball player I've ever seen, and that's Langston Wilson. A lot of the Husky fans that are out there listening probably have no clue who he is because he'll be new to UW this year. But he's six foot nine. He has a forty. He told me he has a forty-eight inch vertical. It looks higher than that. Somebody put a put a a foam uh, back roller on the top of the rim, and he jumped Paul and hit it with his head wow. off the top of the rim. That's how high this guy is jumping. So UW is going to have him. He has flair with his dunks. I saw him in the Jamal Crawford program. He dunked over seven foot one Chet Holmgren, the number one high school player in the nation this year that's going to Gonzaga. Dunked over him and made it look like he was five foot tall, man. This guy is amazing. But they also have Terrell Brown, a transfer from Arizona, who all the people out here know started at Seattle U, played high school ball at Garfield. They've got Dejon Davis, who transferred from Stanford, who also played at Garfield High School. They have P.J. Fuller, who transferred from TCU. He's coming back to play for the UW. I think P.J. Fuller played. P.J. Fuller might have played for Garfield as well. So you put those guys with Jamal Bay, Nate Roberts, Cole Badgema, Roddy Soren. I definitely think they're going to surprise some people and finish better than 11th. If they finish 11th, then I tell you what, it's going to be some house cleaning, man. I will say that. 
I don't expect them to finish that low. I think they'll be much better than that this season. Well, that was going to be one of my questions for Eldridge. I, I, I want you to put on your crystal ball. Do you think Mike Hopkins will be the Husky coach for the 20, in the 2022-2023 season? I can't answer that question because I don't know what's going to happen this year. Does he have the, 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 the heated seats on in his truck? Yeah, they're on and they're on high. But if he has a good year, I mean, look at Wayne Tinkle. Coming into last season, everybody thought Wayne Tinkle was on a hot seat and was going to get fired. Made it all the way to Elite Eight, signed a new contract. So you just don't know what's going to happen. But I do know the heated seats are on in Mike Hopkins' truck. I, I know that much after what they did over the last two years. If the Huskies finish, say, 7th or 8th out of 12, you think that would protect Hopkins' job if they were to slightly overperform? I think so. And I think they will. You know, he's went out, he's made some coaching changes. He's brought in Quincy Pondexter. He's brought in Joaquin Jones, a former coach at, at Cal and at Louisville. So he got some guys that re- can recruit. People might, people probably remember Quincy Pondexter from his days at UW in NBA, but what they might not know is the number two pick in the NBA draft, Jalen Green and Josh Christopher, who was a late first round pick that played at Arizona State. Both of those young men played in Quincy Pondexter's AAU program that he ran out of Fresno. So he has access to recruits. I'm pretty sure that has something to do with the reason why Mike Hopkins hired him. Of course, Joaquin Jones recruited a lot of the really, really good players that played at Louisville under Rick Pitino when he was an assistant there. So he's tried to go out and get some guys that can help him, but the, the, the pressure is definitely on. I definitely think he has to perform this year in order to remain a UW coach. I'm not the AD, but just a guy that's looking from the outside, that's what I see. Yeah, I think he's definitely in the hot seat this year. Eldridge, I want to ask you something. So, with so many transfers in NCAA Division One basketball right, right now, and a lot of kids leaving early to go to the NBA, I think I read that 17 of the 20 top scorers in the Pac-12 are not in the conference uh, anymore. Um, what is your response to a fan who says, I just can't get into my college team as much as I used to? I don't know what to tell them. I mean, that's just, a, that's just the nature of the beast right now. I mean free agency than hit college sports. You know, this transfer portal. We had Pac-12 Media Day uh, last week, and more kids are signing with schools as transfers than are as fr- that, uh, freshmen coming in from out of high school. So that's just the nature of the beast. You know, these coaches are under a lot of pressure. If you don't win, you can lose your job. So they're no longer going out getting young players as freshmen bringing them in, trying to develop them. They're looking at the transfer portal to see who they can bring in and have an impact right away. Hence, Terrell Brown and Dayton Davis. These guys are two senior grad transfers that are eligible to play immediately. Do you think that's going to help you, Doug, versus bringing in two freshmen coming out of high school? Of course it will. So that's what coaches are doing. So if there's somebody out there that's frustrated, all I can tell them is they better get used to it because it's going to get even worse. I think there was over 1,800 kids in the transfer portal this past year, Paul. That's insane, man. You know, you said something, Eldridge. You brought a term up that you're right. In a way, free agency has hit college basketball, hasn't it? Oh, I never thought about that way. way. It's not in a way. It's the truth. It yeah. is. Yeah. Now you can just opt out and somebody else can pick you up. I interviewed a kid down there when I was at Pac-12 Media Day. His name is Warth Alatiche, one of the best athletes in the conference, plays for Oregon State, started his career at Nickel State. Said his plan was to only go there for one or two years and transfer. He said as soon as he put his name in the transfer portal, Coach Tinkle, and the assistant coach, Marlon, reached out to him, ended up at Oregon State, ended up having a great season. When other kids see guys having success like that, that's at lower levels, 
they're going to want to do the same thing. It's exactly free agency. That's what it is. You know, I and I don't, I mean, I, this is my opinion. Give me your opinion on the soldiers. I mean, I figure if the kids, the, the college administrators and professors, they can leave a school and start a few months later or start at the same time. If someone takes a job from, say, they're at University of Pittsburgh and they decide to take a job at Michigan, big, you know, they just move and take the job. I, I, I actually don't have a big problem with the kids being able to transfer a little more easily. Do you agree with that? I don't have a problem with it either. I don't like all the transfers. I mean, you talked about some of the guys that are gone. Remy Martin was a projected first-team All-American last year for Arizona State. He transferred to Kansas. You know, the kid from Cal transferred to San Diego State. I mean, it's just it, – you dub what, six, seven, eight transfers? I read eight. Eight new guys eight, eight this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, man. I mean, it's – Unfortunately, I, I know it's going to be hard for fans because there's no continuity with your team, but it's the nature of the beast today. You just got to get used to having a new group almost every year. And Dejon Davis should be fun to watch in a Husky uniform. You know, many Husky fans really wanted him to go to Washington over Stanford. So, in a way, it's poetic justice. He's coming back to Seattle to play for UW. So. <laughs> I agree with you. I like Dejon as a player, too, when he came out of high school. Yep. Seems like a nice young man. Well, Eldridge, so three Pac-12 teams in men's basketball made the Elite Eight last year or during the 2020-2021 season. Is this any sign that Pac-12 basketball is on the up again? Any sign that the Pac-12 basketball is on the up again? You sound like somebody from the East Coast, man. The Pac-12 has always been good. Seriously. We're just not on the main networks. That's our... The main problem with the Pac-12 conference is the Pac-12 network is not on DirecTV. It's not on Dish. People just aren't seeing it, man. And especially when you talk about the East Coast, where there's a three-hour time difference. If the Pac-12 has an 8 o'clock tip, like they do a lot of the time during the week on Thursday night games, that's 11 o'clock East Coast time. People aren't staying up to watch that. So I just think a lot of it has to do with visibility. UCLA has their entire starting lineup back from the team that made the Final Four. So you know damn well they're going to be good. Oregon, Dana Altman, Dana Altman always reloads and plays well. Wayne Tinkle made it to Elite Eight. If you'd have told me that last year, I'd have bet every damn thing I had. You're crazy. But he's got half of his guys back. So I think the league is going to be really good again. And I think this year, folks are recognizing it. I know right now I'm waiting on my schedule. And I think one of the reasons my Pac-12 schedule hasn't come out is they're trying to decide which games are going to be on ESPN and Fox. Because now all of a sudden, everybody wants to see UCLA, Oregon, Oregon State, Arizona. Everybody wants to see them after the great run they had last year in the NCAA tournament. Oh, just by the way, I'm not on the East Coast. I'm in my less shy neighborhood right now. Well, so. you sound like one of them guys with that statement you made, man. <laughs> uh, well, I, that's I just, just everything you're reading, it seemed like the Pac-12 is, basketball has been down. But you're, you're giving some perspectives. Well, let's and, just stop so, right there. Think about yeah. the guys in the NBA. Some of the top players in, in the NBA, where, where are they from? Well, James Harden went to Arizona Harden. State. Yeah, yeah. Russell Westbrook, right. where are they from? Pac-12. Yeah, yeah. Evan Mobley that. got drafted in the lottery this year. Where is he from? Pac-12. Come on. Yeah, okay. One of the greatest players of all time. Where is he from? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I got you going on this. I got you. You got fired up when the Pac-12 gets criticized. Yeah. You want me to keep going? Well, we, 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 we would take up the whole show. There's so many. That, that, that'd be part of the problem. So, uh, Pac-12 football, Greg Lewis on, we both know, and he was on last time. We talked about how the Pac-12 football, three of the 12 
teams in the Pac-12 are picked in the top, in the low 25. So, but, but I guess Pac-12 football, Pac-12 basketball are a little different right now. But, hey, you mentioned UCLA, Eldridge. Um, some believe Johnny Juzang will be the Pac-12 player of the year. Do you like that prediction, and do you think UCLA can win the whole thing? I think, first of all, I think UCLA can win the whole thing. I expect them to make it back to the Final Four. I even asked Mick Cronin at Media Day if he felt any pressure with having his entire starting five back from the team that made the Final Four. He told me no. He said because we got to live up to the expectations of guys like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Reggie Miller, Baron Davis, Bill Walton every single damn day so he doesn't feel any pressure. I thought Johnny Juzang was going to get drafted in the, in the lottery last year. He had that great of NCAA tournament run. I asked him why he came back. I said, why did you came? Why did you come back? Hell, you had me wanting to be an agent. I wanted to represent you. That's how well you played. And he said he just felt like UCLA had a chance to do something special, which was to win a national championship. He loved playing for Nick Cronin, and that's why he came back to UCLA for another season. I, I definitely got UCLA winning the Pac-12, and I think they're going to win a national championship. I really do. How about Gonzaga this what year? What about Gonzaga? Do you think they're going to be good this year? Could they well, win the whole thing? Isn't Gonzaga University in, in uh, the Division One? What, 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 what conference is that? Well, you know the conference. That the, oh, uh, what, what conference is it? Well, I work for the Pac-12 Network. I don't talk about nobody from the other conference. Okay, I okay. Gonzaga. I, 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 I get another guest to talk about Gonzaga. I'm sorry, Paul. All right. I was thinking because it's a Washington, a team in the state of Washington. Okay, I didn't know we had those conditions before you came on that, that we wouldn't talk no, about yeah, Gonzaga. Not, not, now not I know. You know. Okay, we won't talk about. Well, I'll talk Gonzaga with someone else. Fair enough, Elder. Do you like to? You like you like to kid around. That's one reason I like having you on. Oh no, I'm dead serious right there, buddy. Okay. Ain't no joking on that one. No Gonzaga talk. Stop smiling. No, no Gonzaga talk me? then. I will follow hey, your commands. Yeah. Look at me, Paul. You see me? I see you well. serious. I see it well. I see it well. You look all business right now. Paul Schneider with the 101st edition of the Sports Untold podcast, a basketball legend and Pac-12 commentary, Eldridge Rickhazner. All right, Eldridge, I follow you on Twitter. It's always fun. And the NBA put out the top 75 players, and you were upset. You're upset that Bernard King and Adrian Dantley are not on the list. Who would you take out of those top 75 to put King and Dantley in that list. Well, first of all, you should be upset too. Who in the hell in their right mind is going to leave Bernard King off the top 75 players in NBA history? I mean, the guy was a scoring machine, man. I think right out the gate, the first name that pops out to me is Anthony Davis. I wouldn't pick Anthony Davis over the great artist Gilmore. Wow. Sure as hell, I wouldn't pick him over Bernard King. That's pretty bold. I wouldn't bold. pick him over the Mutombo. I wouldn't pick him over Vince Carter. That's just some of the names. I wouldn't pick him over Tracy McGrady. Wow, that's just me. You, yeah, that's interesting. So you, 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 Anthony Davis. You just don't see him in that elite group. Wow. Okay. No. Okay. Not at this okay. point. Yeah. Maybe he won one championship. He won it with who? He didn't win it with his own team. He won it with LeBron James. So what is what has he done? Yeah. Okay. That's I interesting. I think he's a great player, but is he greater than those guys? Hell no, in my opinion. I remember Bernard King could score and Adrian Dantley. Those guys were offensive players for sure. So Alex you, English is another one with over 25,000 points. Where's his name at? Tom Chambers wasn't in there either. I don't know. Yeah, uh, Tom ain't getting my vote. Okay, okay, okay. He's a good player, but I don't think he was in that class. Well, since we're on that subject, uh, the 2022 Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame inductions are going to come next year. 
And a lot of people think Joe Johnson, first-time candidate, will, will get in. You're not sure? You don't think he... He wouldn't get my vote for Hall of Fame? Interesting. A lot of the pundits think Joe Johnson will get in. You don't... Who are the pundits? Probably, probably like people like me who weren't that great in basketball. <laughs> well, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> that cracked you up. Okay. Um, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out some names that we've had the discussion on Horry before. You don't think Robert Horry should be in the Hall of Fame? But I'm gonna mention a bunch of players who are not in the Hall of Fame. Um, and tell me if you think a couple of these guys should be in. Uh, yep. Sean Kemp, Detlef Schrempf, Tom Chambers, Glenn Rice. This is an old school guy, Max Zlosky, Tim Hardaway, Lou Hudson, Larry Costello, Bobby Jones, Walter Davis, Sean Marion, Chauncey Billups, I think Rasheed Wallace. A couple of those guys should be in, or some others that are I not in. I think the names that jump out to me is Sean Kemp, obviously. Sean Kemp had a great career. Yeah. He was one of the top power forwards in the NBA for a number of years when he was here with the Sonics. The tail end of his career had some issues, and I think that might be affecting him. And you had said one other name that, that, that jumped out to me. Um, but a lot of those guys, I think when I think of the Hall of Fame, man, when a guy like Dominique Wilkins doesn't get in on the first ballot, that should tell you something. Didn't make the top 50 team. I was watching NBA TV last night and interviewed him because he made the top 75, and he was upset that he didn't make the top 50. But guess what? His fans were even more upset. During the 1980s, Dominique Wilkins was must-see TV along with Michael Jordan in the 80s and the 90s. The most electrifying player in the league outside of Michael Jordan when he played. So if Dominique Wilkins can't get in on the first ballot, all them people you mentioned, with the exception of Sean Kemp, they ain't got a damn chance. I include Sean Marion, Walter Davis, a couple of those guys too. Wow. Everybody okay. else you named on the list. Okay, okay. You're telling it like it is, you know. I'm just calling the spade a spade. <laughs> the, 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 the aforementioned are good players. You just don't think they're Hall of Fame players. Is that They're great. They're not good players. They're great players, but I don't yeah. think they're in that Hall of Fame class, you know. Joe Johnson, no. I was a teammate of Robert Ory. I mean, if they're going to create a, a Hall of Fame position for a guy hitting a couple of big shots, then but you look at the the body of his work, he didn't even average double figures, did he? No. Got a couple of questions from the audience about yep. Dennis Johnson. A, uh, a fan or two wants to know, Eldridge, if you think Dennis Johnson, a late DJ, should be in the top 75. Yeah, I think DJ's a Hall of Famer for sure. Okay. Won a championship with the Supersonics, won a championship with the Celtics. A great guy, a great athlete. DJ for sure. He can yeah. play defense too, DJ. He was one of the best. Yep, yep. Did you know Dennis Johnson? Well. Yes, sir. He was my coach with the Clippers. That's right. That's right. Yep. That's right. And El coach, great guy. And Elgin Baylor was your general manager, right? Yes, sir. And he he was a famous late player for sure. Oh, one of the greatest of all time, man. I don't think people realize how good Elgin Baylor was because he was in the non-TV era. You know, incredible, he was just phenomenal player. athlete. Anytime you average thirty-seven points and twenty-seven rebounds as a small forward. Well, come on, man. Get the hell out of here. That's no yeah, chump change. Elgin Baylor was amazing. Paul I'm looking for my Elgin Baylor bobblehead. It's, it's in here somewhere. Yeah, I got the bobblehead. I collected that, too, because I, I know who the great ones are, Paul. You know, I've been watching them all since I was a kid, man. Your house is probably Baylor like right a... there with the best small forwards that ever played the game. Eldridge, your house is probably like a mini basketball museum. You, you probably could charge people a mission to come in and check out a lot it's of It's not stuff like a mini basketball museum. It is a damn basketball museum. <laughs> Look at this right here, Paul. This yeah. is four Spalding NBA balls because the NBA switched over to Wilson this year, and I'll show it to you. Yeah. 
So one of my friends works for the Portland Trailblazers, and I said, hey, man, I want to get one of those old Spalding NBA balls because I know it's going to be a collector's item. So there it is. And as you can see right there, I don't know if you folks can see, you can see the Portland Trailblazers stamp on there. Right. This is the Portland Trailblazers ball from the 2019-20 season. I see Adam Silver's signature on that, you know, the commissioner's signature. That that's that's a that's a cool yes, signature. I collect all the stuff, man. I I get basketball autograph, I get shoes signed, I get jersey signed. I'm like a sixteen year old kid when it comes to the NBA legends, man. <laughs> I have that side too with sports. Um hey Eldridge, you know, we talked a little earlier about the the climate pledge arena going through this big remodel and about the prospects getting the NBA back. If you were Commissioner Eldridge, obviously you want, I assume, want Seattle to have a team. If, if NBA were to expand to two cities, would you go Seattle and Vegas, or which which two would you pick? Assuming Seattle is one of them. I think that's I think that's the two that are going to be picked. As a matter of fact, I I have a tour on Sunday. You know, I signed up for the tour on Sunday because I'm not going to the Coldplay concert tonight, and I'm not I don't have tickets to the Kraken game tomorrow. But Sunday I will be in there. I'll be videoing everything, and as soon as I'm done. I'm shooting my video right to Adam Silver. I was on a board of directors for the National Basketball Retired Players Association for six years. I rotated off two years ago, but I'm going to send that video to him and I'm going to ask him because I've had the conversation as a bo- as a board member with the we, we, the National Basketball Retired Players Association. We're known as the Legends of Basketball. And I've had this conversation with him before, and he loves Seattle. He wants to see a team back. And he told me expansion Back then, wasn't as much as needed as it is now. With the bubble year and COVID, the NBA lost a lot of money. The only way they can recoup that money is to expand and add two new teams and get that however many billions of dollars that's going to cost. So I think it's going to happen. And I as well would pick Seattle, which has a great fan base, a lot of people with big money, and who in the hell doesn't want to go to Vegas? Everybody wants to go to Vegas, man. I've never seen anything like that city before. People from all over the world are there. The Pac-12 tournament is there. It's great. The Pac-12 football championship is going to be there. It's great. They have already got the arena. They got the support. I think it's going to happen, Paul. I uh, got another question from the audience, uh, Eldridge, from a Phil uh, Draper Shane, a friend of mine. He wants to know if Michael Porter is the best high school player you've seen in Seattle. Is Nathan Hale the best high school team to win the state championship in Washington State history? What's your take? I don't know if Nathan Hale is the best team because I've been out here for 36 years. I can't answer that question. But if, if Michael Porter is definitely the best high school player, the hell with Seattle. He's the best high school player i ever seen anywhere because I didn't see Kareem in high school. I didn't see Wilton High School. But as far as Seattle, there ain't nobody close to Michael Porter. I haven't seen it. Yeah, he Paulo would- Banchero's at Duke. Finished number two in the country this year. He ain't as good as Michael Porter. Brandon Roy. NBA All-Star wasn't as good as Michael Porter. Michael Porter is a combination to me, Paul, of Kevin Durant at 6'10", 6'11", and Klay Thompson. That's the combination that I see in Michael Porter. And if he stays healthy, he's going to be a perennial All-Star. He's making $41 million a year, Paul. He signed a $207 million contract, man. I kept telling everybody that kid can play. If he's healthy, watch out. And he's healthy, and he's giving him the business. He, he I, it's too bad we never saw as a Husky fan I wanted to watch him but uh, it unfortunately it didn't happen Eldridge alright you're on Twitter and I follow you as I mentioned earlier and you had a pretty clever tweet the other day you wrote with, with Rolovich's 3 million dollar 
plus contract. <laughs> Why the heck would he get a free vaccine? I never quite thought of it that way. Uh, the story with Rolovich keeps evolving, Eldridge. I've asked a few prior guests about it. What do you think of Rolovich's suit against Washington State University? I don't have anything against somebody's personal beliefs, Paul. Let me just first yeah. and foremost say that. If there's, there's a lot of folks out there that don't want to get the vaccine for whatever reason. I respect that. The problem for me happens when you still want to come to the games. You still want to go to the movies. You still want to come into the restaurant. Then you're putting everybody else at risk. And I say that because my 76-year-old mother is living with me. I don't want to go to a Husky game or a Seahawks game or a Mariners game or a Kraken game and sit right next to somebody that's not vaccinated and they're yelling and screaming like they're crazy. So my thing is, if you don't want to get vaccinated, fine. Stay in isolation. Rolovich can't do that as a head coach at Washington State. Even though I know, I believe in his heart, that's what he believes because he walked away from $3.2 million. Hell, I ought to roll it up and took the shot for him for $1,500. The hell with $3 million. <laughs> I can't believe he did it, Paul, but he did it. I, you know, I guess he had some principles in, in, in what he in what he did. I it's just it's just your points I think you are, are valid. Two million dollars worth of principles? Yeah, I know. That's a lot of money to walk away from over as you point out over a little over a couple jobs. Yeah. That's yeah. free. I know. You don't even have to pay for it. No, you have to pay five you have to pay for a latte for it. Like the price of a latte. Yeah. yeah. Unreal man. Unreal. Um, a lot of pundits, Eldridge, I don't know who these pundits are, but just what I read, um, they think that it's going to be the Bucks versus the Clippers in the NBA championship this year. Does that uh, Would you go along with those the, that prediction? The Bucks versus the Clippers? Yeah. Do the pundits know that Kawhi Leonard isn't playing? Just what I read. I wanted to ask you. Yeah, see, them pundits must be hanging out in your neighborhood over in Leshaw. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, no way in hell the Clippers are making the finals without Kawhi Leonard. It ain't happening. They're not going to get past Utah and the Lakers. No, I don't agree with that at all. And my choice to come out of the East was the Brooklyn Nets. But if Kyrie Irving's not playing, I got to go with the Milwaukee Bucks. And I think if the if the Brooklyn Nets doesn't have Kyrie Irving, I think the Milwaukee Bucks will beat whoever comes out of the West, whether it's the Lakers, the Clippers, the Jazz, the Nuggets, whoever. They're not going to beat the Greek freak, man. He's just too good. And if his supporting cast is healthy, I think they'll win it again if the Nets don't have Kyrie Irving playing this season. That's an interesting story. Irving, he's having his COVID objections, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah. And I wonder what I wonder what Durant and Harden and his teammates think of the situation right now. That's probably a little awkward, yeah, they isn't it? can't be happy, you know. Yeah. yeah. They signed there to play with him. You know what I mean? So, But once again, it's somebody's beliefs. If that's what he believes and he wants to walk away from his $35 million, all I can say is, wow. It's a lot of dough. It's a lot of dough, that's for sure. Yes, it is. Uh, Eldridge, all right. Uh, I've asked this question a few guests. I'm going to get your, your thoughts on this. Um, is this question from the pundits, or is it? I don't want no more. The, pund- the pundits are way <laughs> off, Paul. Well, give me no more pundit questions. Well, I, the pundit questions at least create chatter, though. At least, at least, they, at least they get they create dialogue, a little dialogue, though. All right. Well, it's a little bit of a pundit. It's a it's a sports movie question. So, uh-huh. uh, I have a book that came out in two thousand six, a little outdated, and this author has as the top five sports movies: The Hustler, Bull Durham, This Sporting Life with Richard Harris. Came out in nineteen sixty three about rugby. He has Chariots of Fire, and he has uh, Raging Bull. Do you like those five choices? Or, and what, well, what's right your out of the gate, I can tell this pundit wasn't a black man. 
Yeah. Hell no, it ain't none of them in my top five. I understand. Huh? Yeah. That's your top five? Paul? No, no, it's not necessarily my top five. I was just giving this pundit's uh, take. I mean, I, I've never heard. Of, I, I don't know what the hustler is. I heard of Raging Bull. I haven't even heard of a couple of those movies. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, well, some other top movies that he has in the top hundred include Hoop Dreams, The Natural, Rocky, Any Given Sunday, Hoosiers, Eight Men Out, uh, Caddyshack. What, 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 if you had to pick one sports movie, what's your favorite one? My favorite one, uh, I like Uncle Drew, starring Kyrie Irving, Nate Robinson, Shaq, Reggie Miller, Lisa Leslie. I like that one. I like the pitch that saved Pittsburgh. I like Cornbread, Earl, and me. Uh, I like I like Rudy. It's a good one. I like Remember the Titans. You know, that's some of my favorites. Those are all good. Nick Nolte. I really like Uncle Drew, man. I enjoyed that. I, I love when he was doing the commercial series. Just, Showing up at playgrounds dressed like old man, giving cats the business. I just thought that was awesome. That's why I'm a Kyrie Irving fan. Yeah. Did you like Hoop That's Dreams? Sports movies. Did you like Hoop Dreams? I thought it was okay. I thought yeah. that was more of a documentary than a movie. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. an overlap there. You brought, you know, you bring up a fair point, Elrich, that that people are often shaped by their own prism and how they evaluate things. So you're right. This guy's top five movies. Those, those are just happen to be his top five. Yeah. But, he ain't uh, no brother from the hood. That's okay. Uh, all right. Well, that, that you're, you're, I, I think he, I think he is Caucasian, but anyhow, it creates a little conversation. Well, I liked, I liked some of the movies that you threw out. Those are good ones. I liked any given Sunday with Al Pacino. I thought that was a really was good. A, I like any given Sunday as well. That was a good yeah. one. The Rocky movies I like and stuff, but well, I can. I, it's fun. I can get you on as a little bit of a movie critic today too, Eldred. So you know, you with your uh, pundit yeah, I don't know side, about all that. <laughs> with your pundit side, we can hit on some other stuff. Um, is there any any players in the Pac-12 this year that you that maybe some sleeper players that you want fans to uh, look out for? You mentioned a couple earlier. Any any uh, any ones on your mind that that we should sleeper players? Uh... Yeah, I think this kid, F.A. Albuquerque, over at Oregon State is going to have a breakout season. He's one of the best athletes in the country. Six foot nine, kid from Nigeria. Reminds me of Sean Kemp, the way he can run and jump. I think he'll have a breakout year. I don't know how good of a player Langston Wilson is going to be for you, Dub, but I know he's going to be on a lot of top ten players because I know he's going to put somebody on the poster. Literally the highest jumping guy I've ever seen. I'm talking Vince Carter, Michael Jordan, Dominique Wilkins. I'm talking about everybody. I think he jumps higher than all of those people. What's this young man's name again? Langston Wilson. Langston Wilson. I'm called the Washington. Phenomenal athlete for the Huskies. I think this year will also be a breakout year for a guy like Jared Lewis, Jared Lucas, Oregon State. I think he's going to have a really good year. Um, as a kid at Colorado, his dad, Smocky Walker, played in the NBA. His name is, I think it's Jabari Walker. I think he's going to have a big-time year. So I would say F.E. Albuquerque, Jared Lucas, Langston Wilson, Jabari Walker, that's some that's some players that that fans can look out for to have some breakout season this year in the Pac-12. Those are good names to to watch, Eldridge. All right, Eldridge, you're, you're a Husky. We know that. Mm-hmm. What's your when you travel as a Pac-12 broadcaster? What's your favorite university outside of the UW to hit when you, when you go on the road and broadcast games? In the well, I'm pretty much stuck in the uh, in the Northwest, uh, Paul. You know, I, I do all of my games are usually UW, Washington State, Oregon, Oregon State. Um, every now and then I'll get a couple games at Colorado and I'll get a couple games at Utah. I don't go to California. I don't go to Arizona. So I don't know what it's like. I can imagine 
I would guess that McHale Center would probably be the top place because that's the biggest arena in the conference. I think they hold 14,000. They always had a rabid fan base. If, you, if any of your listeners go to Vegas for the Pac-12 tournament, you know it's like a home game for Arizona because, number one, it's not that far of a trip. But their crowd just travels. Their fans travel big time. Uh, out of the ones that I do go to, of course, Heck Ed is my favorite, man. Come on, Paul. What kind well, of I know. I, well, the question was outside of Heck Ed. I worded it carefully. Like, well, outside of Heck Ed, you know, there's the arena up there in Wazoo. It's okay, you know. Gil Coliseum is 100 years old, I think, somewhere close. It's okay. Oregon has got a new facility, but it's the Ducks, so I can't really give them too much credit. No, I understand. Uh, but I like I like going. And they're all the places I go. They're all small towns because Seattle is the only major city out of the Northwest schools. Pullman small, Corvallis is small, Eugene is small. Yo, but she- I like going to all of them. I love Gill because Gill is the same way it was when I played in the '80s. So I'm comfortable there. The same thing with with Pullman. You know, that place is the same. Yeah. You mentioned the Arizona program. Eldridge, they're 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 kind of middle of the road now, aren't they? U of A, Arizona. Yeah, isn't U of oh, A they're gonna a be good? Down? You think they're gonna be good? Okay. okay. They got Tommy Lloyd. You know, you. I, I will say this: He came from Gonzaga. I don't want to talk about Gonzaga, but he came from Gonzaga. He's been there for twenty-two years. You broke your oath. Success. I don't think anything's gonna change. He's got a lot to do with the success they had over there as well. Everybody talks about Mark Few, but Tommy Lloyd was an assistant that went out and got all those foreign players. So I think he's gonna do the same thing at Arizona. The advantage that he has is they have to really convince and sell kids on going to Spokane. He's not going to have a problem getting them to Tucson. McHale Center, 14,000 people. I mean, come on, man. Outside of the great teams that UCLA had under John Wooden, Ludos in Arizona, the next best program. Sean Elliott. Sean huh? Elliott, Steve Kerr. Remember those, those guys yeah. are great. Yeah, yep. all those guys. Great. Yeah, that's great. Yep. Well, Eldridge, a lot of fun. Any any other little insights you want to share about Pac-12 hoops this year that you want to share before we wrap this up? I just think it's going to be a really exciting year. I think last year they, they earned a lot of respect. I think the major networks, I'll say it again, ESPN has 42 Pac-12 men's basketball games that are going to be aired this year. And I want to say Fox has about 23. So that's a lot of exposure. Those stations people are watching all the time. I think UCLA is picked to be the favorite by the media, and I agree 100%. I think they're the team to beat in the conference on paper. I don't think Washington is going to finish 11th. I just don't see that happening. I do see Cal finishing last. I don't think they have a lot to work with. I don't think Utah is going to be very good. And I think Washington State is going to be better than eighth. I think they'll finish better than that. Noah Williams, F.A. Albuquerque, Deshaun Jackson, they got some really good players coming in. They got a new kid named Trevor or Tyler, something that the coach said was really good. So I think they're going to surprise some people and be much better than the eighth place finish. And that new Washington State coach is a good basketball mind, isn't he? Kyle Smith is excellent, man. He does a fantastic job. I called about five or six of their games last year, and I'm like, how in the hell are they still in this game? <laughs> they actually beat UCLA. You know, so he's a really good coach. He got a contract extension, and I think it was well-deserved. That was an interesting hire by Washington State. That it seems like that guy uh, is, is doing a, doing a good job. Well, you bring up a lot, Eldridge, about the future of Hopkins. I'm I'm glad as a Husky fan that you're optimistic Washington may overperform a bit this year. And um, always fun to chat with you and, and and you break it down in a 
a fun, lively way. Even if you challenge some of my questions, I still very much enjoy our, our <laughs> chat, Seldridge. And uh, great. Well, I will be in touch with you. And thanks for coming on Sports Untold today. Thanks for having me, Paul. Man, I look I look forward to seeing you whenever I get a Husky game. Like I said, I haven't got my schedule yet, but I'm sure when I get it and I'm getting ready to do my broadcast, you'll be behind, you'll be behind me yelling my name saying, hey, so I look forward to seeing you, man. And thanks for having me on. Absolutely, which I promise I will not during one of your broadcasts try to try to elbow you or try to try to inter- <laughs> try to interrupt when you're trying to do an interview or something. You look I'm like not- one of them soft guys, Paul. So I'm not worried about you elbowing me. You're not gonna hit nobody. Man. Well, you never know. You never know. Yeah. There's all, there's always some shocks shocks in life. Eldridge, always well, have fun. Have a great day, man. Thanks you too. For always me on. fun. Thanks for coming back for the third third time, Eldridge. We'll be in touch. Yep. Take care. Bye bye. You too.